This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. This is a comic book and pop culture podcast where we take uh, topics from the world outside and apply them to our scrutiny and discussion. Um, you can find Joel over at youtube.com slash capejoel, where he does all kinds of fine stuff. Um, if you want to participate in this show, you can always use the Super Chats, which help out the show, and help me keep the lights on and the heat going, uh, which is much appreciated. Uh, so, uh, today's topic is ripped from the headlines, and by headlines, of course, I mean the Twitterverse. Mm. Um, Declan Shalvey, whom you might know from his work on Moon Knight, uh, the backups of a couple of big st- uh, Batman books, and mm. currently, he's the artist on the Return of Wolverine miniseries. Yes. Uh, Shalvey tweeted uh, the other day about creators not being paid by publishers. Uh, to specifically quote the tweet, he Please said, do. There's certain newer publishers out there who have not been paying their creators. Notice, creators are openly talking about this amongst themselves for months. You are a hair's breadth away from being exposed as a result. Ruined. You need to rectify this issue immediately. And then he goes on and on about it. And then a bunch of other creators kind of chime in about, like, the problems with being uh, not paid by smaller publishers. Uh, He also goes on to reiterate, and this is something that bears uh, reinforcement, that he's not trying to hurt any other publishers. And he especially Mm. believes that smaller press publishers need to exist in order to keep everything kind of kosher here in the comic book world. It is like, you know, the more places artists and writers and inkers can go to work, the better. And it means that, you know, uh, it it makes for a healthier industry if there's more options. Exactly. Just like um, having independent creators in the film industry help keep Hollywood Mm. artistic in some way. Same with music. Even same with wrestling. That too. You need different companies. Every creative expression needs the independent creators and needs an outlet for those independent creators to express themselves creatively. And so... It really sucks when those outlets screw over creators. There's no Most other way to definitely. put it. Uh, people are people are being screwed over now. Pay your creators. Pay your damn creators. Now, and I don't want to get into talking about specifically which publishers because Shalvey didn't want to talk about it, and he didn't want to point fingers, and we don't want to hurt those publishers, especially if they produce really good stuff, and mm-hmm. we want to keep them employed. Um, however, if you Google it or if you look up uh, any of our sources in the description box below this video, we can find the tweet and also an article about it. Uh, you can draw your conclusions. And you fact, can probably piece it together. Some publishers have actually gotten ahead of it uh, because they've had problems with this in the past. And so they have pledged to resolve these issues and have paid their creators uh, in full by this point. Good. But it got me thinking about making anything creative but particularly in comics and film and whatnot, and Mm. getting screwed by either the entity that that, that provides a platform or by the creators themselves. Happens all the time. Happens Happens way more times. And it's happened to us a number of times. Uh, I don't know about you, Joel. I don't know how how specific you want to get into it, but I thought we'd share some... We'd swap (laughs) swap a few war stories about 
getting about getting stiffed. Because it does happen, and you know, you think with YouTubers, where it's like, oh, there must be some kind of protection there for you guys. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's true. In fact, I would say there's less protection for us because it's like, well, what am I going to do? Get a lawyer over this? Nah. Well, it depends. And, and that's that certainly has come up. Uh, so before we get into our own specifics and also the ramifications of not paying your creators and the inside baseball that shall be kind of kind of teased a little bit, because um, I do want to talk about the industry a little bit as well. Um, we want to talk about the super chats that are happening right now. We got two. Uh, payments from uh, an, an anonymous individual who retracted their message. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Uh, thank you, anonymous. Yes. Uh, Joshua Wright says, uh, here's a couple bucks for being awesome. Well, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, congrats on 75K. That's right. This channel hit 75,000 subscribers not too long ago. And so as a result, we're doing a big old thank you live stream on Friday, the 25th of January. Join us around 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time till whenever Ethan has to leave. And then hmm. we'll, we'll be doing it up. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, can't wait for you to get my package with a GBU set, toys, and some dark chocolatey goodness. Well, thank you very mm. much, man. Uh, and Adam Azamoa says, hey, guys, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Joel, how are you doing? Always pleasant. Excellent. Sal, when are you ever going to do the second part of the Ultimates, Ultimate 2 and Ultimates 3? More open universe <laughs> stuff in the future. Got a package coming your way. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it just simply hasn't been time to talk about it. Like, it's just... Well. I haven't had really a good opportunity to really cover it. And... Uh, the diminishing returns on the Ultimate Spider-Man kind of like mm -hmm. make me a little gun shy about it. But when when are you gonna do the bad ones, Sal? Is what they're asking. When are you gonna do the two bad ones? Yeah, we do when we really should. Like I would love to talk about like more. Like people think that Ultimatum is the book that Jeff Loeb ruined the Ultimate Universe. No, no, he he had the writing was on the wall long before that. It was a steady decline into shit town. Exactly. So thank you very much to everybody down there, and throughout the show. Uh, but so yeah, um, in terms of what. Shalvi's talking about. Um, I have certainly known a number of creators in my time who have either been shortchanged uh, or kind of stiffed like completely. Straight, straight up stiffed by publishers. Now, here's the interesting thing. Um, you'd think that like DC and Marvel and Image, for that matter, have their shit together and that it never happens over there. The fact is, like, for the most part, it does not happen. Uh, They'll find every reason to not pay you if they can. Oh, absolutely. Um, but they, they're pretty good about taking care of whoever they put in their employ, mostly because they have, A, done it a long time, and B, have safeguards in place to prevent any of that kind of thing from happening. There, there's never going to be a circumstance in which a Marvel book, straight up Marvel, and I'm not talking about ancillary titles, I'm not talking about when Marvel is going bankrupt, and I'm not talking about, like spin-off things like like the manga verse or anything <laughs> i'm just talking about like if, if you if you are on a marvel book you have been put through the ringer such that by the time you need to be paid you will be at the very least you won't be surprised by how much you get paid they don't want anyone going on twitter and being like marvel screwed me or dc <coughs> screwed me or image doesn't pay their creators no they can't have the bad press they work very hard to protect to protect that and in fact that's how most companies, like strong companies, or even just like companies that have their shit together, operate. They have those systems in place, uh, usually uh, protected by what's known as, and you know this term, a contract. Mm, good old contracts. <laughs> contracts are your friend, though they aren't a guarantee of protection. No. They are, at the very least, a promise of protection. <laughs> Gotta read that fine print. The fine print is, is, is of course, that, the, that, that old bear trap, but like, when it comes to a contract, it doesn't hurt to have it looked over and to have it like scrutinized because it's about mutual protection. Um, 
I've rarely heard of an of a circumstance where people get screwed over, and there was also a contract in place. Yeah, um, I've seen people try to weasel out of their contracts. I've seen acquisitions of companies who had an ironclad contract, and the larger company tried really hard to get out of it, but because the work was put in at the front end, they got a big old payout in the back end. And while I, they weren't able to do the thing they were contracted to do, they got paid as though they did. Mm-hmm. That's why that's and- there. And there's a lot of situations in my life I can say, I wish I had an ironclad contract in place and not a handshake agreement or like a my word type agreement because, you know, I I will always stand by those other people not so much. And that's the thing. And, and here's the other thing about that, about the verbal agreement. Uh, I never trust a verbal agreement simply because I can't afford to. Mm. Uh, and because I myself have not been able to live up to a verbal agreement because sometimes you're at a convention or you're at a show or you have a, you have a, you have a, a lull and you can commit to something and you say like, yeah, it sounds awesome. Some folk will also misconstrue what a verbal agreement is, which is why a written contract is always the way to go. If I said something like if, if Joel were to say to me like, dude, we should create a show and it's going to be over here. I'd be like, oh, that sounds great. I mean what I just said. That sounds great. But Joel might take that to mean that mm. we're doing it, and he'll start <laughs> spending money to facilitate this thing that I didn't really technically agree to. Oh, should I not have spent all that money I just spent? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I might keep the receipts. But, uh, but that's just a simple understanding of business and uh, work with other people. Uh, and if you're going to have a contract, make sure they sign the contract because I've been dicked over by that one too. The, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to that right away. And then the contracts just go unsigned. Now, that's a thing. Uh, can you tell that story without using names about like getting a contract, them not signing it, and then what became of it? Uh, yeah, there was a situation where some work for hire stuff I was doing, although technically everything I did before starting my own channel was work for hire. So, you know, read into that what you will. And my thing was like, look, I will do this thing. I know you haven't been you've been flaky at the best of times, but, you know, I'll keep doing this if a contract we can enter into this one. And I wrote it up and everything. And, you know, I, I, I use the actual uh, what is it that official website you get where they like generate contracts for you when they sign it on your end and vice versa. Oh, and it's cool. all legally binding and everything. And uh, I always heard the oh, I'll get right to that. And it never got right to. And that was like the beginning of the end anyway for me on a bunch of stuff that I was working on. So I'm like, all right, then you know, if I can't trust you to do this, then then I guess I'm done. Right. And I was. Yeah, that's rough. The uh, the promise of just doing the bare minimum um that also usually is a good indication this is also kind of like a like a i guess an advice show as well in this particular topic because like every negative experience you have in business hopefully can be leveraged into a learning experience indeed um when you are working with someone that either you have been working for a long time i've seen in both ways where you've never worked with them before and you've or you've worked with them forever but if you're in a situation like that where it's like hey listen i I need, like, party A needs something, and party B wants to deliver something. If party A is asking for something, and party B provides a contract, and party A starts flaking out, that's a good indication of what what the entire relationship is going to be like from here on out. And that's on you as a creator, as a provider of content, to say, do I, is the money that I might make worth the hassle 
of working with this person. Exactly. And knowing your worth, that's probably one of the greatest lessons I've learned in the last few years after going solo and really starting to work for myself on my own channel. Sure. Knowing my worth, knowing what my time is worth and knowing what I think I am worth monetarily. Absolutely. And that's like, that's a, a, it's a question only you can really answer. Although I usually can't like, I've been doing this for five years and I have no idea what our value really is. Um, (laughs) But I do know how much I have charged for services rendered. I know how much uh, colleagues have charged uh, services rendered. Shalvi's point about saying that like industry professionals are talking about what these publishers are doing and how that gets back to them. Creators are all like that in all walks of life in every industry where we'll all talk to each other. It's interesting when uh, like a sponsor will come around and they'll be like, I mm-hmm. want to get into the comic book YouTube scene. And they reach out to the same seven or eight people. Yep. And at least four or five of them all talk to each other. And that's a couple of us where it's like, hey, did so-and-so reach out to you? Yeah, they did. What they offer you? They offered me this. (laughs) Um, Okay. I can't count the times I've said to you before I've even started the show. Hey, have you heard from blank? Oh, they just wrote me then? Hmm, that's a little fishy. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But it is a good way to calibrate your value. Um. Or at the very least, not your value. Your value is like intrinsic and, and subjective, but like the value that you, you, you can your rate. What's your going rate? Going rate, exactly. Um, and I find it's funny as a as a person myself. Like I value time over money almost every single time. And so as a result, I will quantify like how long will it take me to do this, and what will be. And this is fair to say and to think, and don't feel bad about it because it took me a long time to get myself out of it, out of that mindset. And that's, what's the benefit to me? How will Mm -hmm. this directly or indirectly benefit me? Is it all one-sided, or is there some mutual back and forth? If I'm not being paid, will I at the very least gain something out of it, followers? Absolutely. um, Like new audience members, um, notoriety, or some kind of like feather in my cap creatively? Will I open myself up to a new avenue that I didn't think before? I I go through that all the time where it's just like, you know, hmm, you know, maybe maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, but maybe there's something to be gained in the long run. Exactly. Uh, so I find it surprising and also disappointing that, like, it would go so far as work is provided for a comic book publisher, right? Art is produced, delivered, books are printed and then the artist never sees a check. I think that that is, it's horrifying, but it's also like, I would have to ask, how did that happen? How did you let that happen? And I don't want to victim blame here because I no, really, really not. hate that. Uh, but I also want to say, if you are going to be a professional and treat it as such, you have to do your own due diligence. No one out there, if you're going to be a professional and you're going to go out there and be like, I'm a grown up and I live out here and I'm going to pay <laughs> my own bills and I'm going to keep a roof over my head and I'm going to buy my own food. You need to also be like, no one out there cares about me. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily translate. Like, I know that the audience is very interested in us and they really care about us, but like, <laughs> and, you, and you have loved ones and everything, but like a company that needs something doesn't care about you as a person. You have no. even if they do to some degree, but the company, these faceless <coughs> entity that exists solely to make a profit, does not care about you. And it's not gonna protect you. No. 
human resources at any job is not there to protect you. They're there to protect the company. We've had this conversation before on this they're show. They're there to protect you. They're there to protect themselves, exactly. As such, contracts, if a, if a company doesn't offer you a contract that says, we don't need one of those, a company, that is. A person, I get that. I know a lot of people who are like, oh, man, contracts make me feel uncomfortable, blah, <laughs> blah. Most of the time, that's because they don't want to commit and be held accountable. But I do know a few people who just find them abhorrent, and I get that. But if a company refuses to offer you a contract, that is red flags number one and two out of three. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm sure it happens a ton in the comic industry because it's like, well, you're really just a freelancer. You know, you don't work here. We treat you as a freelancer. Mm -hmm. And listen, there are freelance or work for hire contracts very easy to draw up. You can mm -hmm. literally type in work for hire template and you will get one. And, and it says all the legalese that you want to be protected for. You know, we'll talk more about um, that and being stiffed and how the protections helped to cover your ass a little bit in a little bit because I do have a story about work for hire contracts and how it's like you how you can structure your arrangement such that you don't lose a friend or you don't mm. screw over somebody who could be a potential future colleague yeah and those protections are there for that um, but I find that like I, I find that crazy that like a comic book publisher that's been around for a year or so maybe two um, that has produced award-winning or nominated books that have industry professionals working at the editorial level stiffing creators. Yeah. That is like, if you're ever in the situation where you could pay someone else for the work they did or yourself, always pay them first because yes. you can't sue yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how it works. And, and, and some people don't get that common sense. Right. Well, also, like, you're trading on your value and your reputation and if you gain a reputation of like not, it doesn't matter if they can't if they can't see how screwed up everything is in your crappy office right if everything's like the roof is caving in everything's being outsourced or def or desperately done on like a crappy iMac you know like they don't see that shit all they see is the work is appreciated it comes out and they get a check they're yep. not concerned with how it looks you can operate like an unprofessional as long as you professionally pay your creators. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. But you have to do that because that's at the end of the day, companies don't care about you. They're interested in the bottom line. But so are you. Yeah. As a creator, you are interested in the bottom line. You're producing work and that's always like rewarding and valuable. Sure, whatever. But you're doing it for an end result. And, and that's the thing, too, you know, as it, in a world of artists and creators and everything, you find that interesting little line between commerce and creativity. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's true. Uh, jumping back into the Super Chats, uh, Dan Lane says, you're my your favorite spider from Edge of Spider-Geddon. Um, I don't know. I guess Spider-Punk. Yeah, great. spider Punk was, It was the first and only one I think I read, and I loved the hell out of Spider-Punk. Uh, and Heartless Fang says, There was a 99 cent sale on Comixology back in 2014. An ignorant fool that I was, I bought every issue of Future's End out of curiosity. Does that count? Uh, I don't know what it would count towards, but uh, I, you wasted 99 cents. Uh, I'm sorry. Per book. You wasted a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but hey, I guess you can like read along with us if you watch our episode of Back Issues on it. That'd be kind of fun. Those covers were nice, if nothing else. Yeah, the covers were nice. They, they, they look pretty good. Um so yeah, uh, company screwing creators. 
this happens every day um, in some way or another. I've ser- I, certainly I saw an interesting tweet the other day from Patrick Zercher, who mm, who did the covers, who did the covers for Future's End, but also apparently very disillusioned with DC because he did a bunch of work for them and like editorial slash some other body he didn't work with kept coming back and being like, change this. And one that's of the another saw, thing that happens. Yeah. One of the things I saw was actually a brilliant image of Superman, like in the unfortunate individual do suit, but it's still in the hmm. Superman. And he wanted to like do this kind of like Chris Reeve ev- evocation where he's like, he has his arms kind of like back and he's just kind of like flying up. And they're like, no superhero pose arm in the front. <laughs> and like, he did this comparison. He's like, that's a full redraw. And you know, Certain when when you when you work with an artist, usually if the artist knows any knows how to do that, done has done a bunch of them before. An artist will say you get a certain number of ac- acceptable changes you can make to the art without getting having to pay more. Right. I guarantee you that was just if you want the book if you want the page in the book, just redraw it full top to bottom like redraw. Mm-hmm. Like all you're doing is changing the arm. <coughs> No, I'm changing the structure of his entire body. If I just it's his arms are here and then it's got to go here, everything changes. But yeah, Um, but I've seen that happen where like companies try to take advantage or try to push a little more. And once again, that contract is there usually, and and the more specific it is, the better protected you can be. That that's happened for me a bunch too. You know, when I'm working with app companies, which is kind of a necessary evil. When you're on YouTube, you know, sometimes sometimes I need a little extra rent money that month and I might not always do it. But, you know, there was one situation where a company's like, oh, talk about our app right. on here. And I'm like, OK, I don't normally like doing this, but this this looks like something I could see myself using. And they're like, OK, well, we want we want you to make a profile I'm like that seems like a little much mm-hmm. if I'm just telling people to use it, but I'll do it. And then I did the thing like, yeah, we want to run it on Sunday. OK, here it is Sunday. Uh, I sent it over for your approval. They never wrote me back about it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm running with it on Sunday. That, And they're like, yeah, we would have liked you to uh, include a little bit more information. Could you redo the video? I'm like, uh, no, it's it's already up. It's right. already a thing. And I already downloaded your stupid app. Not only am I not doing it again, I'm deleting your app, keep your money, and I'm re-editing the video to take uh, your ad out. Wow. So you you refused the money. I refused the money because they were jerking me around. Say, don't say you want it Sunday, then go radio silent all weekend long after I've sent it to you. That's really bizarre. And I, I, I've seen it a number of times where if you're providing work for YouTube, not for YouTube, like the company, but for YouTube videos, if you're a YouTuber yep. making making work. Uh, I've seen a lot of people request videos for month, for Sunday, a, a very much a not work day. Yeah, And yeah. for me, I'm like, yo... If you're going to ask me to work on a weekend, you're paying weekend rates. <laughs> like for real. Because I know because it's a value to me. Like I work Monday to Friday, Saturday too sometimes. Like I work a lot. And if I'm you're asking me to work on a day when I'm not normally working, that's a work day. You got to you yep. got to treat it like that. Uh, I'm very surprised, however. I'm not surprised, however, that uh, most people undervalue or totally don't value YouTube. And YouTube content creators, because like it's super strange. I, yeah. I don't even think that app company is even still around anymore. Like I, you can tell because we get so many of these offers where it's like, well, you're a flash in the pan who's yep. not going to be here next month. Mm-hmm. But oh, you yeah. clearly have some capital and are trying to spread it around. So I mean, hey, why why shouldn't I wet my beak a little bit? <laughs> no, I completely agree. We at Comic Pop do 
occasionally sponsored ads in our videos and it's very selective and it's very rare and it's only because most of the time it's either something I don't believe in, something I would never use myself or something that yeah. my audience would just completely reject. And there's another p factor to that and it's what you mentioned kind of the idea that like, you know, in a month they'll be gone. Will they be around long enough for me to be paid? Yeah. Because I've certainly done a number of things, like, in our videos, and you can go back to, like, year one and two of Comic Pop to find them, where we've done, like, sponsored videos, or like, hey, try this out, and seen zero return, zero, like, help, and it dates slash hurts our videos as a result. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Hey, remember this great video we did and has this stupid tag in the front of it? You know, it's rough. Um, but, uh, but I will say, I don't think I've ever been stiffed by an advertiser on YouTube. This was the only one. Everyone else I've worked with has been pretty solid. They were, they were the one. Yeah. I am waiting to be paid for a big advertiser, and it makes me nervous every time that, like, there was an expectation, and then, like, three weeks, a month later, there's nothing. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it's being handled by a third party, so I actually don't even have to think oh, about it. Oh, that's good. But, my, uh, uh, my my thing too is you know again I, I was in a similar situation I was working with a country or a company it was Verve I'll just say it, it was Verve I was working with and they I did actually sign all the paperwork there was paperwork there oh wow but it took a couple months for my money to actually come in I was getting to the point where it's like hey it's been like over a month where the hell's my money right <laughs> and they're and they're like oh hey sorry you know that's getting processed it comes out at the next of the month there and I'm like all right then it yeah. better be. And it eventually was, but it was getting to the point like that was my foot down warning where it's like, you know, pay me or I tell everyone how sucky you are. That's the worst because you've seen even comic, comic book professionals, you've seen YouTubers. I know behind the scenes I've seen many a deal uh, being made using very harsh slash threatening language where it's like yes. we need – like, you need to be able to deliver because otherwise I'm going to use my popularity slash and the cloud, thing you yeah. want to hurt you. And I hate being that guy. I hated it having to come to that point. But it was a month and I'm like, all right, pay me. And they, they were another one, too. It's like, mm, we would like it a different way. Mm, we'd like you to do it slightly different. I'm like, all right, all right. I, re I redid it two times. Two to times. Me. That's yes. like, that is egregious. Like, the, yeah. the fact is just make it like just put your parameters into the text when you send it like it's also like hey i think i know my audience i think i know what they would like and i think i know how to best sell to them yeah no i completely agree with you um talking about get uh getting screwed it, i've also read i read an interesting story literally yesterday about people who um what was it people who You've seen how uh, publishers can hurt creators. I've also seen the other side of that, where mm. creators um, have stiffed customers, people who mm. want something. Uh, I've, Interesting. This is a very dicey subject when it comes to comic book, uh, comic book art and the comic book industry. Artists are artists, right? Like, yes. if you're an artist you have a particular type of quirk yeah quirk you're not a business person 
at the no. core, you're an artist first. Hey, man, I'm in it for the creative expression, man. Right, and I get that, and I'm not like, I, you know, I'm not judging. Um, certainly, I've worked with enough artists in my lifetime to say, like, artists are uh, incredible people who mm-hmm. um, who believe in what they do, and I'm because they have actually, to. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that they're not business people. That they're not like, you know, here's the here's my full contract. But I've seen that they've gotten savvier over the years, where they're like, they I need do to. need protection. Like I do need to be savvier about this. And like it, it, it. I'm sure it hurts their soul a little bit. But because uh, we've heard too many horror stories of like, and that guy got nothing. That guy poured his heart out on the page or on the written word, and yeah. he got nothing. But uh, but I read an interesting story about an artist. I'm gonna I'm gonna use leave the names out. But uh, I saw an artist who uh, I saw a story about an artist who had been working in the industry, the comic book industry, for 40 years, and he took a commission. Um, and artists do this all the time, by the way, to pay the rent. Like, comic books don't pay a lot of money. <laughs> no, no, and uh, you don't get a lot of royalties. If you get royalties at all, there's a whole generation that has no royalties. Oh, completely. But you'll also notice, like, why whenever a creator takes a, takes on a new book, they make a new character. Mm. Um, but uh, I've th- this creator worked in the industry for a long, long time, has had a big uh, foothold in this in this whole world, and takes commissions because, like, that's how you help pay the rent. Like, if you, um, you can, and you, some, some of them have, like, a website where you can, like, request commissions. Sometimes you do it through a convention. It's um, why so many of them go to conventions. It, it ain't all fun and games for them. They're coming to work. And that's the thing. Like, conventions are crazy because, like, people want us to go to conventions all the time. And I want to go to them because I love conventions. But, Same. like, I'm not an artist. If I make a video... Like, most folk don't want to watch a video about me being at a con. So, if mm, that's how I make that money, true. then I'm not going to make any at this con. Whereas, if you're an artist... I'm going to go answer that phone. Okay, yeah, deal with that. <laughs> um, but uh, when I'm at a convention, I talk to artists all the time. Like, artists are there, for the most part, to do work, to create, to draw uh, something for... A number of people and it's interesting actually you can actually reach out to these artists and say like i'm gonna be at this show can we do this ahead of time uh but that's a whole different topic my point being um artists make most of their money through conventions and so as a result uh you know i'll tell joel the story in a minute but for for your benefit uh artists will take on a number of commissions when they're at a show uh they'll set up like a like basically like a a sign-up sheet where you're like this is how many slots I have left. So make sure to get here early and sign up. Uh, and then basically that person locks it in and says, like, I'm drawing this much stuff for this many people for the whole weekend. Which is why whenever you go to Artist Alley, they're always doing this. Like, they're always buried deep into some kind of, like, sketchbook or big piece because they're working on, like, 20 to 30 commissions. Which, you know, 20 to 30 commissions at, like, 100 to... $500 a piece, not bad. It's like a good way to make some scratch. But uh, this creator that I'm talking about uh, worked it out through their website. Um, they took on a commission for about $575. And uh, they set up a whole thing. They, I, I don't know how about the contract deal. All I do know is they set it up. And uh, they set a date of one of a month and a half later. So it's like, I will have your, your piece done in a month and a half. At the end of the month and a half, the injured party, we'll call them, uh, reached out to the artist's representative, and the representative changed the date 
uh, move the goalposts, so to speak. Mm. And this happened four times. Wow. So, like, and, and I've been there where it's like, hey, uh, how's the piece coming along? And because it, you said it would be done by now, and it, I gave you an extra week. And by the way, that's that's fair to do. If you ever take a commission, um, assume it's going to take longer than whenever they said it's going to take. I, um, I commissioned some art just recently, actually, and I'm going through that right now. Yep, where it's like, okay, I'll have it done in a month. And then a month goes by, and you're like, give them an extra week. Then email them. Um, they'll appreciate it. <laughs> At least the person I'm working with, too, I know they were taking on other work and they know I'm good for it. And they're like, hey, you know, I got some other higher pains. I'm like, that's fine. Get to it when you get to it. That's fine. It's not a rush job. If you're working with a with an artist who is in any way professional, they will reach out to you before the deadline to say it's going to take a little longer. Yeah, Um, that's them just covering their ass, which is fair. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, they reached out. they, They moved the goalpost four times and then. While that was going on, this person was like, I'm getting screwed. Like, <laughs> I yeah. might never see this art again. I can and, feel the hosing happening. Uh-huh. Um, this happened This happened to me. Um, and they moved it to the point where it never happened. Um, so he reached out to a number of other people who had gotten commissions or tried to get commissions from this artist. And they formed like a kind of confederacy. <laughs> and they were Coalition. Like, yeah. And so and a couple of them like reached out and wrote like a kind of like group letter that said like, if you don't deliver our art, we will take this story to the public. We will tell everybody that, like, you don't honor your requests. And by the way, everybody did everything wrong. Um, the person who was injured paid full price all up front right at the mm. beginning. Never pay full price. No, 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 no. Never, never, never. What you do is at, you set up at, a contract. At, oh, sorry. You set up a contract uh, that uh, says, I'm going to, like, this is the full par- price. I'm agreeing to pay X amount now and then X amount upon receipt of services rendered. Sometimes, yeah. if it's a long project with a bigger budget, you'll want to pay pay it off in milestones. So yeah. you're like, okay, I'm going to pay, like, let's say it's $1,000. Let's just use that as a nice round number, $1,000. Um, I'm going to pay, like, 200 up front, and then I will continue to pay $200 every month, right, until it's completed. Uh, my father, who worked in the trades, drywall taper his whole life, still doing it. That's still how he gets paid in installments at milestones. Right. That's that, and that's that's how it works, or how it has worked, and it's not a bad system because then no, if they screw up or they screw you over, number one, they're on the hook for less money to pay you back, and mm-hmm. if they flake out or disappear, you have lost less money than you would have if you paid it all up, up front. My dad actually had some pretty funny horror stories there from the trades. He said the two jobs you never wanted to take doing freelance construction for people. You didn't want to have to work for a cop and you didn't want to have to work for a biker because if they just either of those groups decided not to pay you, what were you going to do? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ, that is terrifying. Yeah. What What are you going to do? Yeah, that's scary. Um, but True. By the way, Preston Bryant says, if we as an American society really understood knowing your worth, I think our society would be very different. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's true of everyone. I think that's a big cultural problem across the world, people not knowing their worth. I think um, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, there's also people who, like, overinflate their value. A lot of that. There's a big problem with that, the people who greatly over-exaggerate it. Yeah. So, 
you know, it, it, it's I, a double-edged sword, but I think it, it's more like if every, like, it's just the old Abe Lincoln quote, be excellent to each other and party on dudes. Like that's, yeah. if people were just like not out to screw you, if it's like, I would like this, I will pay you this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I think that's all we, let's start there. Let's start with just like being people of our word. Yeah. Radical honesty. Um, Instead of playing games, like it's always like, mm. it's always a freaking game. It um, is, and so, it's always a roundabout. Yeah. So they reached out to the injured, uh, to the to the uh, to the representative of this artist, and said, like, we're gonna screw you over, which is like mutually assured destruction. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've already accepted my money's gone. <laughs> but, but when you get there, it's already too late. When you're at the mutually assured destruction state. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, um, about a week or so later, the injured party received their art. Oh. The art was a drawing of the character they asked for, blowing them a raspberry, saying patience is a virtue. <laughs> wow. They also spelled virtue without a T. That's a punchline. <laughs> I was like, wow. Then um, the the injured party reached out to the representative and said, I don't know anything about that. The artist sent that themselves. They're, <laughs> There's a signature from the representative on the customs form for the art piece. So, like, everyone's a liar. It's all bullshit. Wow. That is just a comedy of yeah. – I'm not even going to call it errors. It's just a comedy of pettiness. Now, here's the, here's the silver lining to the story. This story was shared on a message board that is populated by a number of professional comic book artists. And I will not mention the name of the artist who was the, the dick – but I certainly learned that lesson and was like, I'll never work with that person again. Like, I'm never, I'm never going to get anything signed by that person. Um, I will say this name, John Byrne. I know that guy. Showed up in the chat and said, here's my email address. Send me your mailing address and I'll send you something worth $500. Wow. What a good dude, John Byrne. Like, Holy shit. <laughs> so, cool story. And it, you know what it is? That's like... This is my trade. I, I can, I, you know exactly where Byrne was coming from. This is my trade. This is my industry. I make my money now, since no one's hiring me to draw anything at Marvel or DC right now. Oh, which is too bad. Uh, I'm making money by drawing shit. If and if this guy poops in the punch bowl and fucks up the, what is it? The whole uh, landscape for the rest of us. Yeah, just like it, it reduces all of our stock. Um, I produced a book on Kickstarter. Um, it was a book called Garth Kirby and the Cookbook of the Gods. I've heard of it. Uh, you may, if you are of this, if you are a very long time viewer, have, you may have actually contributed to the Kickstarter. What you don't know is that that was the second Kickstarter. No, wait, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You didn't, you did not contribute to the Kickstarter. There was no second Kickstarter. Here's a deal. It was in the early days of the Kickstarter. We set up the whole thing. Um, by the way, if you're interested in Garth Kirby and the Cookbook of Gods, go to go to Comicsology.com, find the digital version. Um, it's by a new comic artist, Victor Bogdanovic. It's his first comic book book uh, ever. Anyway, uh, pause for purchases. <laughs> I think it's a book. Uh, so we created a Kickstarter where we're like, we want to f- get an artist. And by the way, I'd set up all that in the front where... I, I, I searched for artists, I selected an artist, I worked out the arrangement, I set up a, 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 a work for hire, we set it up for milestones, set up the page rates, got it all set up, then put out the Kickstarter. Um, reached the goal, barely, and funded the book. Now, 
here's what we need to do. Send the artist the money in installments. We had it all set up. We had a good system in place. The artist comes back to me after never delivering the first milestone. Mm. Um, eventually sends out something resembling the, the the first couple of pages. This is not Victor by the end of it, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm just the like, original hey, artist, the first artist on this book. I was going to say, is he throwing Bagdanovic under the bus? Bagdanovic <laughs> rocks. Nah, he's, he's cool. <laughs> cool dude and great to work with. Um, he loves to ink his own work, by the way. Uh, so we um, we worked that out. Things seemingly were back on track, but we were a month behind now. And then his computer broke. Mm. His computer broke. This guy is a public figure. He had been on a prominent YouTube channel at the time. He used oh. his real name. I assumed incorrectly that there's no way that he could be lying and full of shit because he would I, I would ruin him right if like if this came out i proved that he was full of shit he, so obviously his computer broke and i want my book i got to get this book done so i paid the next few milestones ahead of time so that he mm. could go buy his new computer mm. he bought his new computer presumably or didn't and the reality is he probably didn't have a computer problem at all um, by the way, had the dude's cell phone number, knew him personally, like, had all this information on him. So, weird that he would think, like, I think I'll screw him over anyway. Um, but this is all things that I thought protected me, right? Not just the contract, but also, like, having all this information about this person. Who I still haven't mentioned, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, this is years ago now. Uh, long and the short of it is, I never got work back. Like, I Ouch. never got a book. I paid him practically in full for a completed comic book. And he never paid me back. That sucks. And it went to, like, it got to the point where, like, we were sending, like, he, he, I, I believe he might actually be, like, a sociopath. <laughs> like, because he was legitimately, like, oh, I, I'm sorry. Like, just really, like, sad, pathetic things, like, to me, where I'm, mm. like, why are you telling me this? Like, I don't, I don't need to know this. I just need to know where the hell my pages are. <laughs> and so, actually, Garth Kirby and the Cookbook of Gods is entirely funded by me after having wasted all that money on this son of a bitch. Damn. Now, they lived in another state far away. Uh, I worked out a small claims court and found out that the cost to sue him would have outweighed the amount owed by, like, $2,000. Ain't that always the way. Um, I did, yeah. And so as a result, like, even though I had the contract, like, I, it was it was no, it was not enforceable. And the other tricky part, and that's why I was like, oh man, like, that's why I'm always dodgy about like, well, don't do this or I'll screw you over here. If you do that if you push the nuke button on a creator or on a person uh, on somebody who's injured you you might look unprofessional yeah that's true can you imagine like how it looks because that's that's just back then it was just like it would have just been called like drama you know mm. i didn't have like a youtube channel at the time so i couldn't just like put my face on camera and be like hey this guy totally screwed me can anybody want to help me out like i would have to like 
contact bleeding cool or something and be like, yeah. this guy screwed me over. Let's let's do it. And even then, he was such a like crazy person. There's no way, even if like everything fell on him, that he would have paid me. He was dead broke. There was no way he was going to like, and he was like, why, how would I even like, why would I even do it? Like, especially now he's used all of his bargaining chips. Like he's totally said everything. Now what, like, why would I ever pay him now? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. Um, that is a horror story that I bet is told a thousand times. It's why I did the whole, like, that's why I did a whole series on Elseworlds about like how to make your own comic book and just protecting yourself. That's why yeah. I always suggest milestones and why if anybody says like, eh, you should like, like pay, don't pay. If you, if, if the milestone and like contract system deviates in any way, think very hard about whether you want to continue that relationship. Mm-hmm. It's very easy, by the way, to just say like, Nope, never mind. We're good. And there should be, a, by the way, a termination clause in your contract. Yeah, that I have the right to fire you whenever I want. Right. And become and <coughs> and be fully paid. You know, like or I will pay. I, I'm willing to sacrifice X amount in order to terminate the contract. Right, Usually right. Artists like that because they want to have their own protection as well. They want to get paid something. They, yeah. The worst thing is like you hire an artist who has a really good like portfolio and then they can't do your thing the way you envisioned. Mm. And then you're like, Oh no. And then they go like, Oh, well, but I did all this work. I should be paid. They deserve something like you changing your mind about who you wanted because you didn't do your due diligence. That's not enough. Like you need to yeah. be on the hook for some of that money. Um, interesting postscript to that story is years later. Um, I was at PAX with Tiffany mm-hmm. in, uh, I guess it was Washington. And he was there. Mm. Uh, he had made a big deal of being there. And I saw him. Like, I saw him, like, in the crowd, like, walking by. And I was like, hey, there's the guy. <laughs> Tiffany was like, well. And she turned around and chased after him. Oh. Found him. And she went, hey, are you so-and-so? And he's like, oh, I certainly am. Because Tiffany's a pretty young lady. She's like, mm. oh. And he's like, oh, am I being hit on? She's like, hey, you owe my boyfriend a lot of money. <laughs> Oh, Tiffany's the best. And he's like, oh, uh, and she's like, yeah, so we can meet you, like, later, and you can pay up. And he's like, oh, yeah, I should probably get back to him. This is years after that happened, by the way. Uh, like, this is years after he screwed me. He left the convention and never returned. <laughs> that was first day. But I was like, oh, my God, that is worth it. Thank you so much. Tiffany worked her verbal kung fu on him. It was like Mortal Kombat. She got finished him. Yeah. It's hard. That's just like unbelievable. And it's just like, and by the way, I think like at that point, the the rest of the money that was owed to me was like I think five hundred, like five hundred bucks. But like, come on, <laughs> like come I, I, on. I guess that's a good question too. You know, without getting too personal, how much have we been left in the lurch for? That app deal was for two hundred. You said that was for five hundred something. So there you go. Oh yeah, no. I I paid, I think it was two thousand bucks for the book. Ooh. So, Ooh. and I think I eventually got certain amounts back, but like at the end of the day, what was owed to me was still an outstanding balance, about five hundred dollars. Um, which is rough. Like you know, especially back then, I was very broke. I I had no business making a comic book. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, getting Arthur the Lobster in the super chat saying Savage Tiffany is savage. It's true. 
she she rocks like she completely destroyed it because i was like at that point i'm like i don't want to do that i'm not gonna like deal with i don't want to see him you know what i mean i don't want to like get in his face and complain yeah. and stuff like that um so you say that because you're a nice guy. I wouldn't want to do that because it's like I cannot be held accountable for what I'm about to do in the next few minutes. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I couldn't even like – yeah, I don't know. It was just I, – I, I really like to try to avoid confrontation in that situation. Um, but like, again, there's nothing I can do. What am I going to do, kick his ass and take what was on him? <laughs> like, I mean that would be a story, wouldn't it? You know how long it took to tell this story? I, what am I going to explain this to all the enforcers at PAX? Like, no, 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 you don't understand. So we had this mutually uh, – ah. like, no. And ultimately, by the way, it worked out. Bogdanovic's art trumps this dude. Yeah. And Garth Kirby looks even better as a result. And uh, so, yeah, um, that's one story of a thousand of, like, getting screwed and not protecting myself more than I should have. But we get a little um, wiser, don't we? It's true. So when I hear, like, about creators being stiffed from, like, legitimate outfits. <laughs> that have no right stiffing you because it's like, come on, guys, you're on the stock exchange, for Christ's sake. Right. Like, I get rando from L.A. fucking me over. But I don't, like, but major company with, like you said, like, stocks. <laughs> like, I don't get it. And, uh, and, uh, and it's like, because... There is no benefit outside of like keeping the small, the relatively small amount of money that <coughs> that you could uh, like retain from absolutely over. Because like, it just and comics are so small and so niche. Everybody knows. Oh yeah. The second you're you're late, if you're late, they'll all talk about it. Oh, oh by the course. way, like so and so, they're gonna be late. So don't, you know, don't and, need anything. And some people like Rob Liefeld continue to carry around the chain of chronic lateness all these years later, too. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, so, yeah, like it's it's interesting and also like frustrating um, to hear you... about it and to live through it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. This reminded me of another funny story oh, yeah. of uh, of scams or possibly scamolas mm -hmm. that took place in the nerd community. Do you remember uh, that game Parappa the Rapper? Yeah. Yeah, the the guy who did the voice of Parappa the Rapper, apparently he has done nothing but perpetrate scam after scam ever since that game. So he's a voice actor. Yes, and apparently uh, like he was like, oh yeah, hire me for your fan project. Hire me to like record your voicemail and everything. And apparently he was just taking money left, right, and center. That's crazy. And like, and, like not giving back any money. Apparently Parappa's an asshole. <laughs> But, like, he would, like, write really condescending messages back, like, hey, yeah, I'll get that done. You gotta believe, because that's what Parappa the Rapper says. That's the thing. For me, it's like, you should be ashamed of yourself if you can't pay your rent or if you can't pay your pay – if you can't fulfill your obligations. Mm -hmm. There's no benefit to being a douchebag about it. Part of the reason yeah. why I, like, didn't kick the shit out of this guy when I heard he was physically there was because, like, he's really pathetic. Yeah. And he was not a – he was a different kind of asshole. Mm -hmm. You know? And you'll meet all different varieties of assholes. Right, but, like, if he had been like, lol, or he'd send me a picture of him, like, counting money, <laughs> he would never have seen me coming. Like, <laughs> no, exactly. And you'll never see it coming. I would have, like, hit up a, an, a Harley Quinn cosplayer, grabbed her, like, bat. <laughs> Big giant bat. <laughs> um, it, it, but, yeah. Uh, just weird. It, it's, it's, 
it's shameful. There was also another story that made me laugh. Uh, one of but one of the Power Rangers who doesn't get invited to the Power Ranger cons anymore. This was <laughs> this this was much later. Like apparently a bunch of the actors had gotten together and signed like a big thing to be raffled off for charity. Okay. And this guy just took it. What what do you mean took it? He just took the big poster that a bunch of the actors were going to sign and raffle off for charity and he just took it and try I think he tried to resell it later. What? <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Here's the funny thing. His character on the show was a thief. That's funny. So it's like, hey, man, I'm just living my role. Yeah. Now, here's a question. If if the publisher releases a statement that says, like, we screwed up, we'll never do it again, do you give them the best? Like, you personally, how do you feel about that? If you were the injured party... That's a rough one because it's like you got to figure if you say we'll never do it again, is this the first time you're apologizing or is this just the first time you got caught? Yeah. Well, and that was just in the back of my head. In a small like community like comics, you'll be able you'll know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like the information is there. Also, it's like, why? Why couldn't you pay this guy? Yeah. And that's a good question. Like, I don't know. Um, I can read a little bit of their, their statement. Um we learned from our mistakes and improved our payment systems and payment communications with the goal of issuing payments in full and on time. Meanwhile, we've worked to rectify all outstanding billing issues. While we've lost the support of some, we've also gained even stronger support from those who stood by us as we fought our way back. Back to paying creators on time, back to seeing our series release regularly, back to what brought us here in the first place, to do better by everyone in the industry from creator to retailer to reader. It's very speak, but it also feels like that's not good enough. No. It needs to be, I think, more... It needs to be, like, real. Like... Yeah, I keep asking, but why, though? Right, but why did you fall back? Now, if you are a smaller publisher, I mean, like, how many publishers do you think emerged in the 90s that, like, shut down a year later? There more are than a few. Like, and it's because costs are unimaginable. Like, you oh, don't yeah. even know how much it costs... And how little return you're going to get for making a comic book company. So I even, get that. E- even bigger companies that had, like, you know, connection to Marvel and DC, like your milestone and like your image. Hey, why are the checks coming later and later? That should be an indicator for you. Like, I need to find something else to do. Like, <laughs> I yeah. need to find another avenue. Mm-hmm. It's happened to me. Yeah. Joshua Wright says, I work in music. Getting screwed over is all too common. That is oh, yeah. too freaking bad. The, the music industry wrote the book on it. Hey, Mr. Barry Gordy, really? You're going to sell my CD for a dollar and I can have five cents of the dollar? Yeah, wow, thanks. Like <laughs> You sure can, son. Yeah. I mean, every industry, video games, comic books, music, oh, yeah. movies, everybody. Um, Cam was reminding us this whole episode could have been about MoviePass. MoviePass, just, I mean, here's the thing. Unsustainable. Oh, yeah. Like, and the sec I, I was almost going to sign up. And when I found out that it was like, they send you a, like, paid credit card and you use the card. I'm like, no. Mm. I was like, nope. That is not <laughs> legit. And then Can't immediately be. after that, it fell apart. Uh, again, you know, we mentioned the video game industries there. The voice actors famously went on strike there because they were getting paid such a pittance for all the work they put in for it. And, you know, these things are selling billions of copies, but they're like, mm, it's just not sustainable enough to pay you voice actors more. That's such horseshit. But it's also like 
you know how much you're getting paid up front at the very least. It's not like they showed yeah. up to work, they recorded their lines, the game came out, and they were like, hey, uh, <laughs> mm. when do I see some of that? You know? Yeah, at least they do rate. get up. There should be a rate for that. And at, at least some sort of bonus thing for the work that they put in for that, where it's like, okay, now we need 37 grunts and 37 jumping sounds. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, we, we heard Kevin Conrad talk about, like, how much he had to do and how many different alternate versions of what he had to do and how it's like, ugh. And that's for the main character. I yeah. can't even imagine how it was, what it was like for all those, like, all the, the nameless dudes who were like, there mm-hmm. he is! And also, two actors, as we see many a times, pulling double, triple duty in one show or one game, where it's like, oh, let's get a John or a Joe DiMag- John DiMaggio up in here because you know he's really good. He can be our main character, and he can be the several background schmucks too. Oh yeah, well that's and that's like a thing in voice acting where it's like you are usually expected to do double duty. Yeah. Um. So that's I guess it. I mean, I just wanted to kind of like shine a light on the injustice that takes place. And kind of also provide a cautionary tale to say, like, yo, do everything you can to protect yourself and don't ever feel bashful or mm. no, yeah. don't feel bad about trying to protect yourself. Because it's, it's the hardest lesson you'll ever have to learn, but you'll be thankful when you learn it. And you'll pretty much learn it once. Yeah. Because I have worked with dozens of artists after that one experience, <clears throat> and they've all been successful. What's what's that old saying? Once burned, twice shy. That's right. That's right. Uh, Getting Arts with the Lobster back again says all the double takes on Red Dead Two, where you can you can tell they recorded separate lines based on distance to the character. Yeah, that's insanity. With a Spider Man, where it's like he did a full gamut of like all the dialogue and then all the dialogue while he's exerting himself. Again, if he wasn't getting paid extra for that, he really should have been. (laughs) I agree, but I mean, like that's part and parcel of the job. That's what they ask you to do. If you don't know that, you should do your due diligence. But, like, in terms of working with other creators and, and being a creator yourself, contracts to your friend, always, always put as much... Because here's the thing. I've also done things. Like, I, I, I remember I was reached out. We, we had another comic book or comic series called Horseman. And we were reached out by a, com- by a comic book publisher who I think still exists who reached out to us. And they're like, we want to publish your book. And I'm like, okay, finally, let's do this. And they sent me a contract. And the contract was like, we own it all. We can replace <laughs> you and your name as the creator of the work. It was buried in like 25, 30 pages of contract. But like that was the, the end result was... We can we can take everything you own, change it to the point where it doesn't even look like the thing you made. And I'm like, this is a real publisher. Like, is this how it's done? And I sent them a counter contract, which <laughs> I spent the weekend drawing up with my my mom, who was a lawyer. Oh, and, no, really? Yeah. Uh, so she helped me out with that. But uh, super cool. Yeah. I don't usually use her services, but uh, it, but um, it's invaluable to have a lawyer on retainer like that. Yeah, but uh, but we drew up a contract, a, a counter contract, where it was basically like you keep blah blah blah, basically like no, and they didn't ghost me, hmm. but they might as well have the response <laughs> literally. So I go, I said, uh, I go, um, thank you so much for your offer. Uh, here's our counter contract. Uh, please have a look at it and let me know, and we'll come together and come up with a new contract that is a that is a uh, a compromise between the two. The email that I got back said. We are withdrawing our offer at this time. Good luck. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. 
What, an, what a miserable bastard. Like, oh no, if I can't irrevocably change what you did and own, then I, I don't want, want it. it. Like, fuck you. That's funny. <laughs> um, but like I said, like, uh, that's also one of those things. I was desperate. I was broke. I had no, YouTube was not on my mind. Mm. I had no plan. And I was desperate to have any kind of like notoriety or like some kind of thing that I could call mine and create and put out in the world. And I, I still said no. Cause I was like, well, what do I, what do I have after this? There's nothing <laughs> here. Same deal. Uh, when I was selling that book, when it was self-published, we went door to door to comic book stores and we're like, I did a print run. I'm like, do you want to sell this book? We'll put it out in your store. I'll take like 70% or something like that. Hmm. Uh, pricey Eddie 40 says, just got a class. What did I miss? Uh, the show, <laughs> but you but can always watch it later. It'll be here for posterity. Um, but uh, I, I, I gave 15 copies to every single store. They all sold out, and out of like five or six stores, um, two of them never paid me. Mm. Like they didn't give. And because I, I remember going back and being like, "Hey, how did it do?" They're like, "Oh, uh, it's all sold out." And I'm like, "Great, where's my cut?" And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> "One of them said, oh, I didn't know that we were supposed to give you a cut.'" And then, and then, like, basically said, you know, go away. And I'm like, <laughs> why would I do that? And uh, the other one just, like, ghosted me. Uh, hmm. One of them is, a, is like, a bigger store. The other one doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so, Jeez, and you wonder why people say comic stores are unhospitable places. Oh, I know. Mr. Roboto says, idea crowdfund, uh, get rights back for Ultra Force. Meh. Uh, yeah. I think for who for me or Sal do we have to write Ultra Force now? Right? Do we? Yeah, we own Ultra Force. All right, I guess that's kind of fun. That almost sounds like something of a punishment, where it's like, okay, now you have to write Ultra Force. Yeah, you own Ultra Force now. Do something about it. Here are the twenty people who remember it. I I don't know. Make it short. Make it digital. Make it like Injustice. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. That, that, but then again, that's my pitch for anything. If you give me any IP, make it like Injustice, make it short, make it digital. Yeah. Um, Marvel owns Ultra Force, I think. Right. Cam and says, they... oh, Sal, Sal the Starving Artist has a ring to it. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> you know, thankfully, I ain't starving no more. And uh, those days are not fun. Like, I'll tell you this. I, I love making comics. Comics are in my blood. But this is way more fun. Like, this is way more beneficial. Like, I'm doing better, I'm happier, like, it's just way better. And just beneficial across the board and more fulfilling. Yeah. Oh, no, it's true. Um, And I wouldn't say I'm a starving artist, but I'm at least a hungry artist. I'm an artist who could use a sandwich. (laughs) Right? I I could go for one. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so, anyway, those are a couple stories uh, about the industry, about, like, warnings. Hopefully, I'm I'm very big, I'm very very much a proponent of, like, learn from other people's mistakes. Why fuck up? If you, if, if, there are so many more out there who could do it for you. And never let it be said that you didn't learn anything watching the Elseworld Exchange. Right. This is a very much an educational show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of different stuff going on out there. And uh, so we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us and watching our show. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time with another episode. Of course, stay tuned uh, tonight for back issues. And of course, uh, if you want to catch the bonus show that spins out of the show, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash It'll be up tonight so you can listen to it. And uh, we'll see you then, everybody. Thanks a lot for watching. So long. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.